You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Hey, everyone. Welcome to November, November 1st, actually. I -hmm. hope you had a great Halloween last night. I hope you dressed up. I hope you got free candy, and I hope maybe you drank. I don't know if that's what you do. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, I see a lot of parents walking around in our neighborhood hauling along a (laughs) cooler or whatever, and I think that's so funny. Yeah, super cute. Yeah. But it's time to move on from spooky month. As much as it's really spooky season all year round in my heart. Mine too. We can't solely focus on it. However, I will say that once we had picked our documentaries for the month and already kind of planned it out and ran with them, I found like 300 others that we should have been doing or like popped up and were spooky. And I'm like, but can we just continue on? Because I found some other really good ones. So I think we pepper them in because the best, I think our conversation when that is good, then we make the best episodes. So, I mean, it is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Whatever the fuck we want. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, you don't know, our Christmas episode might be about uh, Satan. I don't know. <laughs> or Satanic cults, at least. Maybe not him as a person, because I don't know that he'd uh, grant us the interview. But we can try. Uh, that would be a big get for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh Okay. We're like, can we join you? I don't know. Like the rest of this has just gone off the rails. A little bit. A little bit. So this week, to start November, we're going to talk about high school football. And do you know how much I know about high school football, Erin? Is it close to nothing? Absolutely nothing. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I know there's a football involved and maybe some players. And they wear tight pants and so tight. Yeah. Yeah. So tight. Yeah. As both parents of boys, um, I will say my children do not play the football. We were a basketball family for a long time. So I'm pretty familiar with that. Although I grew up a lot around football, I feel like I know some stuff. My, my kids also do not play football. My oldest played baseball for a while. My youngest plays D and D. So (laughs) super close. (laughs) Hells yeah. Yeah. My older does play D&D as well. But so my ex-husband was a huge sports fan, like all sports. Mm -hmm. So he would force me to watch sports. And so as soon Mm -hmm. as I, as soon as we separated, I purged all of that. It's gone. You never watched a sport again? No. Um, I like watching sports. I don't like to be forced to watch Mm -hmm. uh, games that I don't care about. And I also like to be able to like dip in and watch a few, uh, hands that's not a few plays <laughs> and then be able to like go my merry way and read my book or you know fix a drink or whatever I want to do so I do think it is fun to sometimes to watch but it's that willingness piece like I don't follow anybody or mm-hmm. anything like that but um I understand why it's exciting and why people enjoy watching it but I think I have some beef with football because in recent years we found out that's not particularly good for you <laughs> which has not been talked about like the whole time that I was growing up. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I do believe that sports helps develop 
you know, some camaraderie and some character kind of stuff, but I don't think it's the only way to do some of those things. And I think this documentary is a really good example of how to do it poorly. Correct. Um, so yeah. 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 I love watching live sports. I'll say that. I'll go to just about anybody, any live sport and watch it. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. So this week we're going to talk about BS High. This is an HBO Max pick. It was done in 2023, directed by Trayvon Free and Martin Desmond Rice. So, I had never heard of Bishop Sycamore High School. I didn't know anything about this. But, oh boy, this is a story. This is a roller coaster of a story, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, Bishop Sycamore gains fame in the national sense uh, because they end up playing a team called IMG and I still don't know what IMG stands for and IMG is evidently some kind of a juggernaut prep school and so anybody sort of in their close orbit also gets some fame and recognition so the fact that this no-name team nobody's ever heard of plays this very big time high school team um is of note right so this is a televised game it's for the Canton Ohio Hall of Fame that's the name of the game and uh, it's televised on ESPN. So they get a lot of play right in the Mm -hmm. national spotlight. Mm -hmm. And so I think that kind of starts the conversation of who are these dudes? Where did they come from? What's their story? Because a lot of times they do, they try to put a little human interest in to it, right. To Mm -hmm. appeal to the women to give a shit about (laughs) this game. Was Taylor Swift there? No, I'm not watching. That's really unfortunate because uh, she seems to be the biggest draw to any stadium anymore. <laughs> I digress. So, yeah. By the way, IMG just hands their ass to them. It is just a, I don't know, a spanking, a <laughs> uh, Bishop Sycamore does not look good um, as I think, they play here. As a spoiler, I think the end score was like 58 to 0. I've watched a lot of football, not a lot, but I feel like it's more than I should have ever had to watch. I didn't know that you could get 58 points in a game in its entirety, right? That's like they just continuously threw the ball and caught it and got a touchdown throughout the game without any other players on the field is what it sounds like. Right. It's almost like a scrimmage and there's no mercy rule or any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They just get, oh, it's, it's. It's bad. It's so yeah. bad that even the commentators who should be kind of trying to talk about both sides, they're like, what's going on? This isn't good. And that's when everyone starts questioning, who is this team? Why are they playing this other team? Because clearly you have a top seed against a not top seed school, which isn't just relatively embarrassing but could be dangerous to these less skilled players right because normally if you hit a certain level of competition right so that's this is why they have um like different classes at least in indiana there's class uh, basketball class football Mm -hmm. Um, but the idea is that you are pulling from a pool of equal size and so the talent is probably uh, somewhat equivalent. So you're not getting some like giant school, just smashing some little tiny town, like, you know, rural school in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
and so it's like a little bit of a level playing field for these kids. And this is an example of what happens when that's not put in place. Yes. Yes, it is. So what do we, what do we know about Bishop Sycamore High School? Um, I think really the best way to talk about this is to talk about a cat named Roy Johnson. He's mm-hmm. the Bishop Sycamore coach. In the documentary, he's very heavily featured for interview which I, when he first sat down, he's very gregarious. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's, I could see how he would be very charming. He's got a great smile. Um, so I think that those are good qualities for someone who is going to be recruiting might be the wrong word, but just trying to help put a new school or new program together. Cause there's lots of like, you know, financial stuff you have to secure and all that kind of stuff. And if you're a little bit more, talkative you're probably going to be more successful with that but boy does that fall off the wheels as we go but you're right he is very he's very he is charming but he's very confident and he knows the words to say so he is he knows enough to go in there and and explain to people what's going to happen and this is what they need and fill them with confidence that he knows what he's doing and he can do the job well right Yes. He just got all the right words. That's correct. Yes. So he is the founder of the Academy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We learn a lot about him from a guy named Andrew King, who is a journalist from Columbus, Ohio, because that is around where they are from, Mm -hmm. right? Ohio is evidently a big football state. I guess I didn't know that. I didn't either. I mean, I know Ohio State, the college is a big football team, but other than that. Do you mean the Ohio State. The I don't want those Ohio State fans State. coming for us. I they're among the most annoying. I'm just gonna tell you. That right so now. again, with my ex husband, um, he doesn't listen to this, so it's fine. But he, <laughs> he was born in Ohio and he lived there for a little bit, and then he moved to Indiana and lived the rest of his life here. When I say a little bit, I mean he was four months old when he moved to Indiana, but he still claims that he's from Ohio and he follows Ohio State University. And is a diehard OSU fan. And all I can think of is you, you're you raised here. You lived your whole life here. He's in his 50s now. He did not go to that college. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. But whatever. You're right. They have amazing fans, I guess. So what you're trying to tell me is you got real tired of hearing, oh, on the end, high in the middle, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Okay. So much fun. Okay, so Andrew King knows Roy from very early coverage. It's not flattering. Um, He's got a very particular feelings about Roy. None of them great. I love that Roy kind of compares himself to Hannibal from the A-Team. I'm like, wow, okay. (laughs) Hannibal only worked with the A-Team because he had a team. That worked with him, right? <laughs> if he were on his own trying to pull that shit off, it would never have worked, right? You need your Mr. Mm-hmm. T and everyone else. I don't know why I don't remember any of the other players in that show. Well, there but... was Murdoch. Oh. There was Face. Yeah. And there might have been another one and I forgot. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a really long time, but I loved that show when I was a kid. I did too. Oh. And I'm just going to point out if there were a lady on the team, it probably would have been much more efficient. I'm just saying. But anyway. Yeah. You wouldn't have had to drug... <laughs> Do- or Mr. T to get him on the plane. We all know this. 
that's that's abusive. That's a bad relationship, folks. <laughs> this this entire episode is going to be about consent, <laughs> start to finish. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Roy is a self confessed schemer. Um, I think that's conservative. <laughs> He grew up around football, right? I guess he had a brother named Matt who was pretty awesome. And Matt may have played for the Ohio State. Some of this I did not, uh, they kind of like throw out to me, but I did not catch everything. Roy says he tried to walk on at the Ohio State, but um, that did not work out. But he did become an intern for the New York Jets. And being around some of those people made him want to be a general manager. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have questions. First of all, walk on a walk on at OSU. Is that as a football player? Is that as a coach? Is that what are you walking on? Did you just oh. try to walk on the field randomly after a game? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, so a walk on player is somebody who is not recruited, but like goes and tries out. You could do that for college. Well, I guess yes. if you went to school there, you could. Anyone should be able to try out if you went to school there, right? Yes, that is okay. correct. Okay. So. Also, an intern for the New York Jets. Was he getting coffee and making copies? Was he working in the locker room, doing laundry? What kind of intern was he? I have to know because he makes it out like he was on the field with the players. Like they were running all of the major plays by him and stuff? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he was in the know. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I just thought it was funny that the people that he mentioned, like, I think he said Coach, Coach Belichick and some of those guys. And mm -hmm. I'm like, did they have the great rep? I think later on that that <laughs> happens to not be the case. But again, I digress. It's I mean, they win games. Who cares how they do it? Which is essentially how Roy feels as well. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Just amazing. So Roy then begins to work for a church and he begins to put plans together for something called Christians of Faith Academy. And this will heretofore be known as COF. Hopefully we can get that outright. We've both had trouble with it so far. You guys, I'm going to call it C of A a million times because <laughs> we deal with that at work. So it's, yeah, Christians of Academy. So COF Academy. Christians of Faith, that is such a redundant name. And I think it's the worst name anyone's ever come up with for anything. But here we are. I believe the church was the one who talked about starting a school to be part of the church. So it'd be a religious school, um, which a lot of churches have schools affiliated with them. And Roy was like, sweet, I'll be part of that because they're like, hey, do you want to help? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. But we need a sports bit to it we need that football we mm -hmm. need that right and they're mm -hmm. like okay sure maybe and he just mm -hmm. ran with it like the school hadn't been built they hadn't really moved forward with school plans but boy he just took that and ran with it and started talking about building these you know huge facilities mm -hmm. he hired an architecture to do a design, an architecture, an architect even, to, to do a design. <laughs> to do architecture. Yes. <laughs> and there was, there was like a basketball court on the roof. There were like water and ponds around it. And it was just this crazy facility that would have cost like a hundred million dollars or something stupid. 
Right. But he's like, if you build it, they will come kind of mentality. Yeah. I feel like Roy's at one of these, um, like a big picture guy, like has no idea about the minutia and the logistics of like putting any of this together. He's, I don't know, just a confidence man trying to get your money. <laughs> it's just really funny to hear like, he's describing this himself. It's not like people are, I mean, people do tell you some of the things that have happened along the way, but he is like laying this out for you. He comes across a guy named John and I forget, I don't have John's rest of John's name here. Branham, John Branham Sr. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to me, this sounded almost like a, a good partnership because John would have been able to like rein him in because he was sort of like, okay, if we start the school, and that gets up and running. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's do this in a way that makes some sense. So the school gets going. They start to introduce the sports arm of it later. Um, and, like, build a national a contender of, you know, in this vein, right? But you mm-hmm. don't do it all at once. You sure as shit don't start with a football team and then, like, re-engineer it backwards. Mm-hmm. And you get, the, you get the impression that Roy was like, well, that's stupid. And so they break up, I guess. Um. Right. And my favorite part is John is talking about how he was there at the beginning and they were working through some of this. And then like the documentarians are talking to Roy and they're like, so John, he's like, who? And they're like, John Branham Sr. He did this. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I remember him. He was there for like a week or two. You know, I mean, it was just like, meh. Whereas the other guy made it sound like it was a much more intimate relationship for a period of time. Not like intimate, like. They weren't like lovers. They might have been. No shame. But they they actually had more of a of an actual working relationship for a period of time for like six months or something before John was like, This is stupid. Yeah. I also think it's really funny that Roy's so dismissive. Like it's so mm-hmm. sophomoric. Yes. Anyone who says anything negative is generally either they don't matter, so it doesn't matter what they say. Or they're wrong. Or, or, or. It, it is very Trump-esque behavior. Right? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Trump had a lot more money to back him up and this cat doesn't. That's really the only difference. It's. Well, let's talk a little bit about money. Let's do. Well, the one thing I'll say is Roy actually said his philosophy in business is to do what the people who have money do, even if you don't have the money. And that sums up a lot of this. Yeah, it really does. So while I accept the fact that there are mega churches with a lot of money in this country, that's just a thing. It happens. I don't get the sense that this church in particular was in that boat. Right. So So where were they getting the money? I think it was John who helped come up with the figure of $150 million. Okay. The money was coming from church members who were supposed to fill out life insurance policies for whatever amount. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when their time was up per se, part of the proceeds would go to their family. And then part of the proceeds were supposed to be left to the church to help fund this. And I'm like, are are all of the people in your church at a seriously advanced age? Like that's not a 
that's not a good plan. Like it's not a lot of revenue rolling in. And if it was, I'd be curious to know how these poor people were dying. <laughs> like right. <laughs> right. that is terrifying. Yes. I was like, what a fucking stupid plan. Well, but I thought, and I could be mistaken, but I guess my thought was the insurance policies were kind of carried out through the church as well. So you're paying them for the insurance policy to begin with, and that's how they get the initial money. And then at the end, when you die, unfortunately, some of the money would stay with the church. But it's I thought they were getting the initial money from the insurance policies, from people purchasing them. No? I guess I don't know that much about how insurance policies work then in that case. It's it's possible they didn't really talk about the ins and outs of it. I think they just assumed that I would know how a fucking insurance <laughs> scam through a church works. And I don't, <laughs> thankfully. So I don't either. I don't either. But I know you have to pay monthly for insurance, including life insurance. You make a payment, right? And so the, the idea is they get enough people to make these payments that when you die, they have the money to pay out right? The problem is, is if they're using this money for something else, they're not going to have the money to pay out unless they thought this money would be used to build the sports high school um, that would also bring in money and back fill the coffers as it were. I don't know. I don't I don't either. It just seems like a monthly payment from, I mean, we don't know how big the church was, Still seems like a small-ish revenue stream to me for construction. No, correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. For a school, maybe. But for everything that Roy wanted, no. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> so as you can see, it's a foolproof plan. <laughs> we meet somebody named Ben Ferry. Ferry? Sure. Ben. He seems delightful. He is a former Ohio State school athletic association investigator. So I think almost every state I know Indiana has one who's just kind of a governing body for what's going on with high school sports to make sure that there are some rules in place and, you know, um, everything's on the up and up, basically. How successful are they? I don't know. Um, But anyway, there's there's a handbook kind of thing and the schools have to adhere to this um, if they want to be able to compete basically. So that's what Ben's job was. He was kind of a watchdog for this kind of shit. And uh, <laughs> he kind of cracked me up cause he's like, fuck, nobody ever thought that this would happen. So there weren't always rules for any of this stuff cause it was so outrageous. And it's so funny to hear him talk about it. He's like, I don't know. It's, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and they kept calling it's O H S A A. They kept calling it OSHA, and I kept thinking like OSHA regulations. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I was like, why are they calling OSHA? And then I was like, oh, yeah. it's a different OSHA. <laughs> it's not OSHA at all. They're just pronouncing it that way. Yes, like this OSHA doesn't necessarily care how many decibels um, you're exposed to at work or whatever. Yeah, like... you can stack boxes <laughs> all the way to the ceiling. They don't care. They don't care. <sighs> Uh, I also like the fact that Andrew and Ben knew each other. So Andrew, the journalist and Ben, the investigator, like kind of had not run in. So it's probably, they were probably professionals who interacted from time to time. And Andrew kept talking about Ben, like, look, he loves minutia <laughs> and he was a really good investigator. And I was like, these are my people. Yes. 
My rules people. I love it. Yeah. I think they went to college together and they met doing journalism there. But I love, I think it was Andrew who told Ben about this. He's like, in like a group chat, he's like, uh, guys, there's this, uh, weird new school that said they're like D1, but they, they say they have 750 kids, but I've only seen like 30. Yeah. He's like, you should. You should probably look into this. A hundred percent. And Andrew kind of comes across this because he meets Roy at a media day at an indoor soccer like facility. And I think those are fairly common around here. This is like for not, it's not extracurricular, but it's something like that. These are not teams and whatnot that are not school sponsored. But it's a place you can go and get like extra training or like rent it out for a birthday party or whatever. It's just a community area that, you know, it's a business. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. And Andrew was one of how many media at the media day? Oh, he had the very exclusive honor of being the one guy there. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was all in. He's like, it was unorganized. There were kids everywhere. You can tell that Roy is not an actual coach because although he has a clipboard and that seems real official, there wasn't anything else coming out of his mouth that was really working well. Again, there's no one paying attention to the logistics of any of this. It's like, it's fine. We'll put a hundred kids in a room. We'll just tell them to run, you know, whatever drills and they'll just magically know how to break up into lines and do whatever like Mm -hmm. no there needs to be a woman involved evidently (laughs) or video guys we have video guys (laughs) uh mike moline and anthony marling i love them because one they're funny and they're just like this was the most ridiculous thing in our life right like they can look back at it and laugh now i'm sure it wasn't funny at the time they met up with Roy at like a Panera and they're like, Roy's real convincing. And I could see that he really is a good speaker. Right. A consummate salesman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> they had the contract with Roy where they were going to do this, the video for this media day. I use that term media real lightly, but they're going to, capture this they're gonna make it into something palatable for the masses i guess and then they were also going to be like the creative directors of the new school which he had marketed right marketed to them like the new img so the point of img is it is a sports school first but there are academics but it's mostly focused on sports and yeah, yeah you'll go to class during the day whatever don't worry about that go but then immediately come back and do sports so like kids really want to go to that school because you're almost guaranteed to go to a top college and play sports at a top college, which is how you get into professional sports, I guess. Right. Right. So this is the maximizing of opportunity and um, you're going to get a lot of exposure because the school is really well known. You don't Mm -hmm. have the best trainers and you'll have the best opportunity to capitalize on any talent that you may have. Hopefully also you're well to do. Hopefully. Yes. And they do talk later about, because there's some issue with payments, you'll find out throughout this. I think they worked with Roy for maybe six months, and they said they got paid 
a combined $60 <laughs> total for gas. That's it. And it's so interesting to hear their side of it versus Roy's side of it because they're saying, look, we were super excited. We had closed this deal. This was going to be a, almost a launch pad for their small business, which I can understand how excited you get when you are able to talk to people and potentially have a, a life-changing deal with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. So they're like, yes, our business and blah, 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 and Roy and all this kind of stuff. And Roy's like, we're just good friends. This is beyond business. That's what he said. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what oh, you say beyond when, you, business. <laughs> when you don't have the money to pay people. Well, we don't, amongst friends, we would never, that would ruin the friendship. And that's how we know we will never be famous because I'm not about to exploit people. Nope. We're about fair payment, at least I think so far. So, I mean, given enough money, I probably could become an exploiter. <laughs> I'm willing to try and see. Mm -hmm. We also meet someone they call the pundit. You guys, I had to look up that word because I hear it a lot when it comes to sports. And let me, let me give you the definition. An expert in a particular subject or field who is frequently called on to give opinions about it to the public. So I don't really hear the word pundit used much outside of sports, but I think I'm going to start using it more often. I think that's going to go on my resume. Instead of SME, it's going to be pundit. <laughs> it's a pundit. <laughs> Who do we, who's our pundit for bioassay in this? That's what I want right. to know. Yes. Pundit for scheduling. That's me. Okay. <laughs> the pundit in question is Bomani Jones, who's a journalist and of some clout. He's been on ESPN and some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed his perspective on a lot of things because mm -hmm. it's coming from a neutral and journalistically responsible place. <laughs> right. Someone who knows about sports, right? He's been part of this world for a long time. And so mm -hmm. he understands it a lot better than say me, obviously. And also he has a really fun name. I like Bamani. That's a fun name. I did too. <laughs> it is just, it's got a great lilt to it. I love it. Yeah. So between him and Ben and some other folks, um, we understand that Roy is targeting kids who are not able to move on to the next level. They don't have any prospects necessarily. And so that's what makes COF so enticing is because it's kind of a dark horse moment. Like they didn't think they were going to get anywhere. And so now this new opportunity is being floated out to them and they get really excited as you do. Because I think it's fair to say not everybody has the opportunity to go to college I think there's a lot of discussion in this documentary, which is fair to say if you are not from a particular background, academics might not work for you. You might not be able to leverage that to go on to the next level. So sports can be a vehicle for that. And so that is a big part of this discussion is especially for African-American kids that don't have great support. Um, they've not had great academic careers, but they might have some talent in a sport like football, might be able to leverage that to go to college. And then on to the NFL. Nobody talks about what's happening in college. I think that's really funny because there's no emphasis on academics any time through this, but I'm like, so they go to college. Does anybody give a shit what's going on there? Are they trying to get their degree or are they just trying to, you know, vault into the NFL? Because the statistics for getting into the NFL have to be minuscule 
but nobody talks about that. So just, just a gripe that I had. Yeah, I think that's a gripe I have in general. So one of the things with football is I think you have to go to college before you can get scouted to the NFL. That's not the case for all sports. I think basketball, you can go to basketball and go professional right after high school. And I can obviously be corrected. That might be wrong, but <laughs> the problem. I was like, look at us trying to talk about shit we don't know about. No, I've tried Sounds to great. purge from my memory. I'm not a pundit <laughs> of eligibility. So no. <laughs> my concern with that is I, re- I remember talking to my ex-husband about it and I'm like, I, I understand going to college first, but the problem is, is if you are good enough to play professional out of high school, I wish they would allow kids to p- play professional out of high school because you could get injured in college. Now, college will always be there. Will the best college always be there? If you wait a couple of years, no, you'll have to go to a different one, but you can still get a great degree. But if you get injured playing football in college, you might not go on to do professional and you probably weren't really caring about your academics at the time right that's just my input yeah we have a real fetish for sports in this country and I think this is a really interesting way to examine it because even if you do get a scholarship and a lot of your basics are paid for it's not like you're getting spending money You're not supposed to, at least, yeah. Right, and that's what the NCAA exists for, right? To guard that (laughs) a player's image is only able to be, yeah, make money for the school and whatnot. So Not for themselves, yes. uh Uh-huh, 100%. So it's a flawed system for certain, Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily what they're discussing in this, but yeah, it's uh, short-term gains versus long-term gains. That's Mm -hmm. kind of... Part of this, I mean, just part of this topic in general, Mm -hmm. I guess. And these kids, they were promised by Roy that he would help them with their academics, um, help them bring their grades up so they could get into a better college, help them raise their ACT scores so they can get into a better college or their SAT scores. These were part of the packages that were promised to these kids. They weren't just going to play football, although that was the main focus. They were also promised that they would get academic help because some of them were struggling a little bit. Some of them were just barely struggling, just needed that little push. One cat, I can't remember which one, was like two credits short of graduating. I I think it was Trillian. Yeah, Yeah. it's, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. So he promised the sun and the moon to a group of kids who were desperate for the sun and the moon, right? I mean... It's horrible. He really preyed upon kids who were desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And that continues to be a theme throughout this. So COF did play some. They had 11 games. So Roy interprets that as it works. But the church backs out. So instead of getting the message, huh, maybe it doesn't work, Roy's just like full steam ahead. We're going to go and switch it up to Bishop Sycamore. So now that is the evolution, I guess, of CFF. So they're basically the same school, just repackaged, rebranded. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, He partners with someone named Andrew Peterson. Andre. Andre. What did I call him? Sorry. Andrew. Oh, sorry. Yes. 
he partners with okay. someone named Andre Peterson. <laughs> and and this cat seems like he legitimately wanted it to work. He seems a little different for Moy to the extent that it seems like he really wanted to help kids who needed help. He wanted to be that support for kids and help them get into colleges. And he believed in Roy's dream, but he didn't really look into it enough. And he just jumped on board, in my opinion. Yeah, I've got some beef with some stuff that he says and does later. He seems like a much more grounded individual, like where Roy is just very high energy. This cat is very, like, calm and collected. So, you know, it's good to have different strengths if you're trying to build a fake school. (laughs) Do you want to talk about some of the players? Yeah, we we talked to a few players throughout this, and I will say to the documentarians, again, this is a message we tell to a lot of you guys. Please put their names out more than once so I can remember who I'm listening to. It's not that I don't recognize the face again, but I don't remember what position they played or what their name was or something like that. So that's just my beef. I'm going to tell you I've had beef just with ESPN in general because they're all about flashy graphics and stuff, and there's a lot of that when they introduce people. And again, I'm pretty sure they don't give a shit what I think, but that's sort of looping into what you're talking about is they're just, they're checking the box that people are introduced, but it does not make it easy on the viewer from Mm -hmm. here on out. Yep. So we meet Trillian Harris. He was a quarterback with Bishop Sycamore in 2021. We talked to him quite a bit throughout this documentary and we meet his mom, Christy Ferguson. So, I like her. Um, the cornerback, yes, cornerback, Adrian Pahokey Brown Jr. So, they call him Pahokey, apparently. He was a player in 2021. The running back, Mario Agian, he played for COF in 2018. We have a tackle, Justin Daniel, also known as JD. He played for Bishop Sycamore in 2021. The running back, Jaishan Johnson. Um, He played in 2019. Linebacker, Isaiah Miller. Played COF 2018. Running back, Makosi Todd. Played in 2021. Cornerback, Akimetrius Gates, also known as Michi, which is a fun name. (laughs) Played in 2019. Wide receiver, Quincy Talmadge. He played in 2020. And it's interesting because they would tell you that, you know, Roy called them. Roy recruited them, so to speak. And they flew out to see the facility. They flew out first class. They had amazing meals and hotel rooms. They saw this amazing top-notch facility. Roy talked to their parents. It seemed like such an amazing opportunity. Right. It's like the tinder swindler for high school football yes (laughs) so this is not just something that wasn't backed up at the beginning and mind you a lot of these kids are struggling with stuff like maybe their dad wasn't in the picture maybe they were struggling with uh, financial security because they were dealing with a lot of evictions one kid talks about this is the only positive male support that he had in his life because his dad had been incarcerated. I mean, like there's all of these other background factors 
that are influencing these kids to be like, yes, finally, I've caught a break. And it's so deflating because I can, you know, you can feel their hopefulness Mm -hmm. and their excitement uh, when they're talking about how they got involved with all of this business. Yeah. What I find interesting is Roy describes his own coaching style and he says he's understanding, he's passionate, he would say whatever he needed to get the shit done. Did he yell and scream? Yes. Motivate? Yes. Hugged? Yes. That seems like maybe I wouldn't want to be hugged by him. But when the players were asked what kind of coach he was, they mostly responded saying he's not a coach. Roy was not a coach. It's very funny because they show the kids, they're asking him this question, and the kids are all like big hesitations, right? And they're like kind of looking up and around like, how do I say this in a way that's palatable for this show? Yes. (laughs) And it's hilarious that there's not a lot of love there anymore. Well, and also when they asked Roy, what would you say your coaching style is? He's like, did you ask them or am I the first to answer this? Or did you ask the players first? Like, what does it matter? What does it matter? Well, that's, that's manipulation 101. If I can get my story out first, that's yeah. the one you're more likely to believe. And he's so charismatic. He can probably sell it with his like, I'm a creative coach. And did I make fun of kids? And did I make fun of their situations? And I'm like, well, that seems like a line crossing moment right there. We don't make fun of kids. We don't bully kids. We don't bully kids. This is no longer the age of Bob Knight. That's not acceptable anymore. (laughs) There'll be no throwing of chairs, no yelling. But he was passionate, Aaron. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. The Bob Knight faithful are coming for you. I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, My dad was (laughs) definitely Bob Knight faithful. I mean, yeah, we've grown up in Indiana. Uh, We know them. We know who they are. So they, they get here. Here being Ohio, wherever. Is there a school for them? A school of record, but not one that they're attending. So, which is fascinating. And the school of record is some hard knock school of ruffians and whatnot, which made me laugh so hard. Well, we would call it an alternative school. So if you got kicked out... If you were not able to attend regular school for whatever reason, you could go to alternative school. I went to one in high school. I went, I went to seven high schools, so that was just one of the many. And yeah, it was like a half day that you would go. But even then, like, he started racking up bills under this other school's name. And they pretty quickly were like, and no, we are not affiliated with you anymore. Right? Like... On the website, front page. Yeah. They kind of disavowed their association with Bishop Sycamore. Yes. It So they didn't have a brick and mortar school ever. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, these kids didn't live here. These aren't locally sourced kids, as it were. So he had to put them up. They were put up in hotels or apartments or, or, or. Because he never paid bills. That is a running theme throughout this. He didn't pay anybody anything. Yeah. I I find this completely fascinating because if they ask him, and they do, why didn't you pay these bills? He says he didn't care to. Okay. He just, um, maybe he was lazy. Maybe he was arrogant. 
So I like the fact that he tells you a little bit of truth, right? To like draw you in. You're like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. He obviously didn't have the money, but he just can't be bothered to, to deal with these small problems. Yeah. These are just minor petty problems. He can't be bothered with that. And I'm like, okay, but to the business, that's a big deal. So if it's a small business, if it, I mean, if you're, if you're stealing from Walmart, it's not going to hurt that much. But when you don't pay the family-owned paintball company their $300, that's a big deal. That's an employee salary for the day. And that's annoying to me. That kind of mentality of, I'm too important, I can't be bothered with this shit. Like, I'm just too good for that. And that entire mentality just pushes me over the edge. Yeah, I'm wondering how many of my bills, like, when I don't want to pay my electric bill or whatever, I'm just like, I can't be bothered to deal with this small problem. Mm-hmm. I wonder how well that's going to go. It'll be a me. big problem when you don't have electricity. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of comeuppance, at least what's discussed in the documentary. Like his credit is trashed, but that's an interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't stop. There's not no. been a reason for him yet to stop. Oh, I know. But for now, back then, he was trying to house 50 kids. He was trying to feed 50 kids. So these kids are going hungry. And keep in mind, they're practicing a lot, even though they're not practicing well. They're practicing a lot. And these, if you've ever had a teenage boy live in your house, they eat nonstop. Like, every hour my kid goes downstairs to eat. It's amazing. And he doesn't have the money to feed 50 teenage boys. That's He doesn't have the money for that. So... They end up starting to steal food. They start going to Walmart and stealing. I, the fact that they discussed, I mean, they don't have any spending money. They cannot Mm-mm. supplement what they're not getting from Roy. They obviously have no transportation. They're, they're really in a bad situation if you're going hungry. And as a parent, I would have flipped my shit if I had sent my kid to a school mm-hmm. and sold this whole song and dance and my goddamn kid was hungry. I know. Oh, I think this might be the trigger for me to murder somebody. It was. Yeah. These are just babies. I mean, they look grown because, you know, teenage boys at the end of teenage years are pretty big, but they're just babies. And it breaks my heart every time you hear them talking about how horrible it was. I, I just want to give them all a hug. (laughs) And this is part of the issue that I have with Andre Peterson, who Mm -hmm. says, well, I mean, we got to like, basically you got to survive. Like life's going to hand you a situation and either you're going to thrive or not. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, They're not in a plane crash on the Andes, the Andes mountains. Right. Like that is a situation where, you know what? Whatever you gotta do. In this situation, you guys promised to take care of these children in a way that was beneficial to them, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, well, we couldn't. I mean, we've, you know, we did everything we could. It's not our fault. Yeah. What, what were we supposed to do about it? I'm like, maybe not take them away from the parents and the support system that they had, even if it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have a couple examples of parents that did really, truly care about their children. And that's uh, Quincy's mom, Erica, right? And mm-hmm. Christy, who is Trillian's mom, who were like, the actual fuck. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, you can tell. Their faces are like, oh, 
Jesus be a fence. Oh, I couldn't believe it when I heard that they weren't getting fed. And I'm like, I understand, Roy, that that is a monumental daily task mm-hmm. to feed 50 teenage boys. But still. Listen, they, they had cheese sandwiches at the fire festival. You could come up with something, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he thinks, he tells the story, like this comes out of his mouth about ordering rotisserie chickens at a supermarket and then he doesn't go and pick them up. Like he orders 50 or 25 or whatever on purpose. He doesn't go and pick them up, but he knows that they will be marked down at the end of the day. Cause they need to sell, they need to recuperate something. So then that's when he goes in and buys them. I'm like, do you think that, do you think that the manager of the store wasn't aware that somebody later came in and bought all the cheap chicken? I just, and he's, this to him is, look what a great deal I came up with for myself instead of like, I fucked over this company. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to let the the more this documentary goes on, the harder it gets. I'm telling you, it just keeps getting worse guys. This is just the surface. Um, An hour into this podcast. It is just the surface. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. One of the problems that people were having watching these kids play is the fact that some of them weren't kids like they look like adults and there's a fine line between when you're you know 18 years old you look like an adult and so here's here's the problem is these kids are not getting any kind of education whatsoever they're not going to school they're not getting credits they're not doing it online they've done nothing and the minute Roy said I don't care about school the teenagers aren't going to care about school either right they're just they're teenagers so there's that. And how do they get away with not schooling kids? Because, you know, the states require you to go to school. One of the ways they got around it is because these kids, a lot of them had already either graduated or had started college or were out of school, but were legally adults type of thing. These were older kids. Now, the interesting thing is when this is brought up, Roy's response is, well, it was a combination high school prep school. I guess prep school is like a gap year kind of school between high school and college to kind of help prepare you for college academically and with football, maybe give you better odds to get into a college you want. I'm guessing I didn't look it up. But to have a combination high school prep school team is not a thing. The minute you put one prep school player on the team, that becomes a prep team that can no longer play against high school kids is my understanding and you know Roy's like oh it was a combination also there's no law saying that how old you have to be in high school there's nothing on the books show me the books that say how old you have to be in high school and to play high school football to which our friend Ben has receipts Right. He's in the background waving his arm around saying, I can point exactly to the rule in the book. Um, Roy didn't give a fuck. Turns out you can't be like when you're 20, you cannot be considered a high school student anymore. I believe that that has changed because it used to be 19. So it might be a state thing as well. Yeah. Roy doesn't care about the fine details in this situation, nor does he have uh, the proper certification to be a coach. So this is just all like fly by the seat of your pants. Hopefully you get a cheap rotisserie chicken tonight when we maybe stay at a reputable hotel. I don't know. Yeah. And he's, his excuse was, I wasn't part of the, what he calls OSHA, the O-H-S-A-A. 
I wasn't part of that. Our school wasn't part of that. We didn't have agreements with them. It doesn't matter. So because their school was registered as a religious school, they do get around some of the regulations by state, which is true. And also another reason why churches shouldn't be allowed to have schools, in my opinion. Anyway, this isn't the case here because this is sports and the sports are ruled and run differently, I believe. But also he signed contracts with OHSAA stating he would abide by the rules. He would abide by the handbook. He signed these contracts. So yeah, you were part of the system voluntarily. I dumbfounded. Would you like to tell, would you like to tell a little bit of some story about Roy and how he feels about his rationale for some things? Do you mean that he's an honest liar? (laughs) (laughs) It's true too. That's what he calls himself. He says, I feel like I'm the most honest liar there is. And my first thought was, is that because you believe the lie so much it becomes true to you? (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. But someone else explained it. I can't remember if it were Ben or Andrew. Someone explained it in a way that says that he will tell you enough truth. And he will tell you he's a liar. So why would he lie about this thing here? Because this thing is important. So he wouldn't lie about this, but I am a liar. And so I know you'll check up on me. So I'm not going to lie about this. He tries to build your confidence in a way to make you feel like he's telling you the truth about this thing, even though you know, he historically has not told the truth about other things. And that's not an honest liar. That's just a con man. Yeah. So he feels like if he knows that you can go and do a quick fact check, he's not going to lie about that. But the things that are in the gray area, the things that cannot be fact check, he is going to lie about that. And I'm like, you've directly just lied about things that were then fact checked. So I'm like, that even is not, I mean, that's a terrible, that's a terrible sales pitch anyway. Right. That's not even a good con to say, well, I'm, somewhat honest when they're like, absolutely not. Look at all these instances where you were not honest. So it's almost like a, the worst gaslighting boyfriend ever. You're like, no, I, I, I have this text mm-hmm. <laughs> you sent about where you were going to be or whatever. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, it just makes you want to be like, what is happening here? Yeah. It's fascinating. And, and, irritating and annoying and it just makes me want to hit (laughs) someone most likely him but he at one point says i he doesn't really care about honesty so much he cares about loyalty loyalty is the thing that he cares about which again is a real when people say when people start talking about loyalty to me it's just it's all bullshit it's all downhill from there because most people's projection right most people who are loyal don't have to talk about it so much first of all (laughs) secondly if you're only loyal to yourself then this works absolutely works because he's loyal Mm -hmm. to himself he doesn't lie to himself but he can lie to everybody else because they don't matter and that's Mm -hmm. that when it comes down to it is is what it is Mm -hmm. and that sums him up yeah yeah are we going to talk about joe mamone mamone the matchmaker 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 make me a match (laughs) so dumb it is and this is not a jewish mother Mm -mm. it'd be so much more fun if he was but he is somebody who directs your schedule 
as a football team, like uh, sort of sets up games with people that might showcase your better attributes. I don't know. This is like a whole thing about where you're ranked and uh, what kind of difficulty you are uh, displaying in your schedule by what other teams you're agreeing to play against. It's like a, I don't know, a boy math. That's basically what it is. I don't know. So strange. Yes. What's interesting to me about this is the fact that that's an option for someone to come in and make your schedule because you had said at the beginning that there are rules set up to try to balance things out, right? So big schools go against big schools and you kind of have an even playing field, but this makes it sound like that's absolutely not the case. And if you can pay someone to get you on a good schedule, then you can pay someone to get you on a good schedule. I think it's a bit of a balance. So the way I understand it, if it follows along with how basketball works is like you're in a conference and that's dictated by your general geographic location and you play like a bunch of other schools that are in your conference and you usually have more games through the season than you have people in your conference. So you can have some different games. You can kind of pick up some stuff at the beginning of the season. You might try to get some easier games to help your uh, team kind of form together and like work out some of the kinks and stuff at the end of the season is normally where you're going to hit some of those more difficult teams. Maybe someone you might see um, during the tournament or maybe somebody that you're going to play during a holiday tournament. That's a big thing that is done around here. So there is some ability to schedule according to your goals or whatever. Um, I think like athletic directors, I think in most normal schools <laughs> do shit like that. That's part of their gig. But here, I don't know how this man, I mean, I guess this is the point of going to a prep school or a high school with the kind of money <laughs> that can pay for a very slick mafioso looking guy as <laughs> this matchmaker. So he, he did look like he was in the mob. Right. Well, good for you that you can afford those clothes. Anyway. Indeed. I wonder if there's any need to prove that you're So if you're <laughs> a certain size school, like you're saying, I have over a thousand kids here, but there's like 50. Like, they just take your word for it. I don't know. It just seems very weird. I guess it's how you're registered and there's probably some shit with the state or whatever, but this cat got them like the fourth toughest schedule in the country. Yeah. And the fact that Roy was like, sounds great. What I'm going to do is also throw in an extra game. Oh my God. <laughs> I was watching this with my boyfriend and he was having a fit about that. Cause he's like, you don't do that in football. Like it's, very physical and you're like tackling people and stuff and you don't want to do that to your body especially when the second of these games in 48 hours is the harder game like yes. what are you doing so they had scheduled a game with img best team in the country for a sunday so on friday roy decides to schedule off the already planned schedule a game with a team in pennsylvania or something so, yeah, I mean, it's it, this isn't baseball. This is a very physical, sometimes violent game. And they thought, well, that's easy for someone who's not out there taking the hits to do. 
right? right. You only play once a week. Yeah. At Bruce, he just didn't give a shit about his players. Yeah. Which he parrots back to you constantly that he's just trying to get him into college. Okay, Aaron? He's just trying to help them mm. get out of whatever. Help them so much that he will push them to physical pain, injury, have them wearing incorrect gear that's not safe anymore. Was it Trillian whose helmet kept flying off because he was wearing a helmet from his high school year, like a year or two previously? It wasn't regulated. And again, we have learned by this time in the world of football that it is dangerous. You can definitely be injured. You have to be very careful and protect your head because you can get downstream very bad um, consequences for not playing correctly. Again, probably an argument to be made that high school kids maybe don't play football at all. But again, don't come for me for that. I'm just saying maybe an argument to be made for that. But then also to lump on top of it, we're not going to have certified helmets. Uh, I cannot believe that that in itself was not illegal. There were Sherry helmets because they didn't have enough gear. When asked about playing more than more than one game in 48 hours or whatever, his response was, if it were such a big deal, they should make it a law. The health people should just say that you shouldn't do that. <sighs> I'm sure my face was so red. <laughs> oh, I know. God. I know. Okay, <sighs> let's get to the game. We're playing IMG. You already know the outcome of it because we told you at the very beginning. And... What's interesting to me is Roy feels like this game, regardless of how they do, they've won because he has his kids on TV, right? Is that how the rest of the world saw it? Well, I definitely think it got them the exposure that he was after, right? I think the press was negative for a host of reasons, but Roy, of course, doesn't see it that way because he's more of the opinion that no press is bad press or bad press is still good press. I'm not sure what that saying is, but there's something in there like, at least we got exposure. I also think it's really interesting that there were a lot of people who were like, oh, these kids are getting hammered by much better athletes with better training, better equipment. Mm -hmm. There were a couple different stories of kids tearing ACLs, which could be a career ender. Mm -hmm. It's not to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And when people got injured... They had no trainers. They had no medical support. But by God, they had team moms. And I'm like, look, a woman can do a lot of things right, with the right kind of equipment. But they didn't even have that to work with. I mean, and I'm like, they couldn't even afford crystals and essential oils. And right. That's all she would have needed. Hopes and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but to just, the, I mean, just the, oh, the hubris of this. To not take care of these kids in that. And that's very public. And so, again, I'm saying, like, that's what you're putting out into the world is that you have barely gotten here by the skin of your teeth. You care for no one but yourself. So, I mean, those kids and Trillian talks about I was going to play injured. I didn't care. Um, Roy's not taking anybody out because they're hurt. Mm -mm. So thankfully, his mom was like, bitch, you are not going back on that field. She was there. <laughs> But the yeah. other parents couldn't be there to defend their children. And so Roy just sent him back out. They were injured. Just sent him back out. Go back out. My favorite was one player was injured. And ESPN is like, 
uh, player 54. We do not have that number on our roster, so we don't know who this is. <laughs> Just some rando. Some rando. And again, there is a process if you have to like, okay, let's say a player gets blood on their jersey or something and they have to switch it out. Mm-hmm. There's a process to like update that on the roster so everybody knows who this person is. It's not, they just don't, you know, run out Wing there. It. with. Yeah, it's just fascinating that they, I don't I don't even know how many words for this. Mm-hmm. So the, the other thing that really pissed me off about this is you have armchair experts, right? You have grown ass adults <laughs> calling these kids horrible, telling them they should kill themselves, saying all sorts of horrible things. These are people who probably haven't even played cornhole, much less professional or <laughs> high school football. And they're sitting there saying the most horrible things. These are kids. So even if they are out there in a not good situation, how do you think they got there? It wasn't their fucking fault they're there. Look at the adults. I also think it's really funny because there's some discussion about these these older kids, right? Mm. They're like, well, they're 19 or 20. They're grown-ass men. And I'm like, okay, technically. Mm. But... What they should be most embarrassed about is that they didn't perform very well against the elite 16-year-olds of the country. I mean, there was definitely a moment of, like, that's what the actual problem was. And Mm. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, training accounts for nothing or equipment accounts for nothing or whatever. It's fascinating that they were like, well, the fault is of these older kids who just should have, I don't know, cut Achilles tendons left and right in order to win. I'm not sure what the yeah. option was. This <laughs> team was the far cast. better. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me that the blame was all over these kids, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not where the blame should have been, which is strictly with the, the adults running this program. And again, I use that word program real loosely. loosely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's coming out that, Oh, what is this high school? That's when people start looking into it and it kind of gets outed mm-hmm. online to which, you know, our journalist friend and, and our, our OHSAA friend, Ben, were like, I tried to fucking tell you guys. Oh, my God. I tried so many times. So you got scooped. Fuck you. That's what you get. And it's just, it's all over. They they then start doing stories about it. It's all over the, you know, the news cycles, and the news feeds that this is a fake school. <laughs> they find out he used a fake check to pay for the hotel to go play the IMG game. <laughs> hot checks in the 2020s like wow yeah you really gotta want it and he like went to kinko's or whatever to do it <laughs> with the team mom and he's just like don't you even worry about it this Mm-mm. is totally how we do things and she's like i'm not going to be associated with this Mm-mm. and then he called her behavior. a liar yeah yeah <laughs> so i think now it's out now you know we're on the other side of this and the kids start talking, the parents start talking. And apparently these kids were paying for this entire privilege. Uh, there was tuition upwards of 12, 15, $20,000. I don't know if that's a year. I don't know if it's total tuition, but Christy said she still gets a bill every month from Bishop Sycamore from Education Resource, which was a not-for-profit group that Roy's mother ran. And then when she passed, he took over and did nothing not-for-profit. It was entirely for his profit. (laughs) Um, 
but she's Mm -hmm. still getting an invoice every single month for this. I'm fascinated by the fact that when these kids obviously didn't have the money to pay for this, Mm -hmm. the answer to this was go ahead and just take out a PPP loan. Mm -hmm. And whether the kids (laughs) consented to do this or not, there are multiple loans taken out in players' names. So that is really something. They would take advantage of the first two months free at an apartment complex and move kids in. And then on the third month when they couldn't pay, they'd get evicted. Were these all in Roy's name? Nope. So some of these kids have multiple evictions on their credit report. They have these unpaid PPP loans on their credit report. He's fucking them left, right, and center. And he never once called them pretty. It's just obscene. And he barely bought them dinner. Right? (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, And he, you know, his response is legally, I didn't commit any fraud. So he knows what he's doing is wrong. But because they haven't made laws against certain things, he's using those loopholes and he's like, fuck it. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I would like to talk about the fact that not only is Roy a total schemer and, I don't know, a gaslighter of astronomical proportions, he's violent. Shock of all shocks. I know. Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, which one was it telling the goose story? The hokey? Yeah. He said that there was an incident. They were out on the road. There was a gaggle of geese. And in the road, and Roy saw the geese and, like, sped up to specifically hit the geese. Of course, you don't have to speed up. They're slow. But anyway, he hit the geese, tells the kids, what did he say? That's what you have to do. Yeah, like, there's nothing like fresh blood to get you, like, riled up in the morning, which I'm like, "Is, is this full metal jacket? What are we talking about? Then he proceeds to back up. Mm-hmm. Over the geese because, I mean, geese are mean, but not deserving of that. No. And his response when asked about this incident was, well, there was a geese in the road, first of all. Geese is not singular. Stop it. Clearly, he needs mm-hmm. to go back to school. Grammar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I accidentally hit it. And then I had to make a joke about it. And then he laughs it off. Everything is just laughed off. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So then we have another incident Mm -hmm. where he comes across a homeless man breaking into his car in some parking lot somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Roy's part of the story is like, well, this guy had my wallet, my phone and something else. And I'm like, number one, who on earth leaves their wallet and their phone in their car in this day and age. Absolutely not. Unlocked. This whole story is mm-hmm. bullshit. Thank you. I said the same no. exact thing. In an unlocked car. Sir, you asked no. for it. You asked for it. What were you yeah. wearing? What were you wearing? <laughs> Damn it, you got me. Okay. <laughs> so, according to the kids who witnessed this incident, he takes off his belt and he proceeds to beat the shit out of this man. Mm-hmm. And again, Roy's very, I'm going to call it whitewash version of this is like, well, I kind of maybe hit him on the legs, like 
rat tail style. I don't know why even that is appropriate. And he's like, maybe he turned and he like took one on the shoulder and got one in the face. And I'm like, how much did he turn? Was he break dancing? Because how is his <laughs> face and his legs in the same sphere of spatial whatever? And he's like, this guy was displaying like, uh, like kind of leaning into it, right? Like, oh, because somebody calls the cops. Mm-hmm. And then when the guy is taken away by ambulance, Roy says, and he was asking for pain meds, which is like kind of discrediting this man mm-hmm. for drug seeking behavior. And I'm like, motherfucker. Uh, also, the kids got in on this as well. Not all of them. No, but, but some of the kids assaulted this man as well. It's mom mentality, right? If you have the leader of your group who you trust and is a father figure telling you the reason why this person behaves this way is because he didn't get beat by his father when he was a kid. Then it's easy to jump on board. I don't agree with it, but it's easy to see how that shit happens. This is the point where Quincy is like, I could not be part of that. I called my mom and I wanted to go home immediately. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's also a a warrant for, or no, I don't know if there's a warrant. Roy was arrested for domestic abuse against his girlfriend. So he did, I guess, have a warrant out for his arrest during the IMG game. And so he was charged with domestic violence in 2019. He was told to go to therapy. He didn't complete the therapy. And that's what the warrant was for in his words. He says he never hit his girlfriend. He would never. Uh, The players said he was extremely abusive to her. He was verbally abusive to her. He, they saw him slap her to which he responded. Look what you made me do in front of the players. You motherfucker. I can't. And then he laughed it off and talked to the players joking about, look what she made me do. I do think it's funny that he has awareness to the fact that he, okay, let me back up a little bit. At one point, I'm not sure if it was this incident or a different incident. She needs to go to the hospital because of the abuse, the assault. He takes her there in classic. He's encouraged her or scared her to death or whatever, and that she ran into a door or fell down a ladder or whatever fucking nonsense because he knows that he get if he gets a domestic charge parents are going to be less likely to send their kid to a coach with that like a record for violence so he knows again that this is wrong and it's up to her to excuse his bad goddamn behavior i would like to say i'm pretty sure that medical professionals know what it looks like to walk into a door or to fall off a ladder. Mm-hmm. You're not bullying anybody. Well, and one time is one thing, right? Um, I once mm-hmm. I once came back, I lived in Florida and I came back to visit my family. It's probably Christmas break. So I took my niece with me, who was maybe five at the time. I took her to the mall to go shopping for Christmas. She had a black eye and everyone was giving me the dirtiest looks. Now, <laughs> what happened was she was running down the hall and she fell and the straw hit her eye just right. Like she had a cup oh, with yeah, a yeah. straw and it just hit it just right. Mm-hmm. And I happened to witness it. So, but still also I was just like, oh my God, these people look at me like I punch this girl in the face. So I get it. I get it every now and then. But the fact that these people are continuously so clumsy, oh gosh, they're so clumsy. They just constantly fall or walk into doors or, 
you know, that's, I think when it becomes a lot more suspicious, one, one incident, we can all have it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's the continuous. Yeah. It's not good. No, absolutely not. So the school has broken up for lack of a better word. It has disbanded. Mm -hmm. The kids go home. They feel sick. They feel betrayed. They know they're not going anywhere. They know what happened now. You know, they've been trying and been fed this life for so long. And now it's the reality's there, right? Some of them become extremely depressed. Um, they think of taking their lives. I mean, they feel like this was their last option, which breaks my heart because you're so young. There are nothing but options. It doesn't seem that way at the time. And I know it doesn't feel that way. But when they're that, when you're that young, you have nothing but options. It's all out there. Some of the kids have permanent injuries. They can't move past. I mean, they can't go and play football again. One kid, I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Michi. He was like talking about it. And he was like crying on camera, talking about how horrible this was and how hard it was and traumatic. And it was just really hard to watch. So they showed this footage to both coaches, Andre and Roy, to which their response was like, Andre looks at least looked a little bit ashamed. But Roy was just pissed. The audacity, the audacity of these players to blame these two men for their problems. And he flies off the handle about it, right? Mm -hmm. He walks out Mm -hmm. of the interview. He keeps his mic on, which I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. He has to go stomp around in the parking lot talking to a man who is not identified. I assume a friend of some kind. I think he was the producer is what they. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So he's out like, I did everything for these kids and how like they not be grateful. And I'm like, by everything to mean like ruin their credit and their trust in men and, um, you know, put their lives in mortal danger because of all, you know, I mean, like he's focusing on like, I promised them that they'd get more prepared. They all were able to do. And I'm just like, um, the lack of awareness in this. And also, anytime you poke too close to the truth and somebody freaks out like this, you know that they know that it's true. Like, that's classic. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's deflecting, right? Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. He called them entitled and selfish, and they didn't have a school to go to anyway. They had nothing to lose. I mean, they clearly did. For example, Trillian goes home after school. The school broke up. He's training every day, still continuously training with that hope that he will get into a school, continue his football career. He ends up getting in contact with Grambling State, which is a historic black college. And they have a great coach. Hugh Jackson is, he used to be part of the NFL and he's great for quarterbacks and trillions of quarterbacks. So it would have been a perfect match. And they, you know, offer him, you know, I don't know if it's a scholarship or just a place on the team or whatever, but he accepts he's going to go. He's super excited. And then they have to rescind that offer. The minute they find out about Bishop Sycamore and they find out that he, that was a real school, they can't allow him to play college football because of the rules that are in place. Right. So I think this has to do with academic eligibility and qualification. I think so. Um, he was also the kid that only had a couple credits to go. So I find like, I'm like, oh, that's really a bummer that they weren't able to like tutor him over the summer. You know yeah, what I mean? Go like, to night school. Get those yeah, last two. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So again, another example of the elation of it's going to be okay. It's going to work out for me. And then the crashing defeat that that kid and his family must have felt. If he ever trusts anybody again for the rest of his life, I'm going to be surprised. I I hope he gets some good counseling. I cried watching that. That broke my heart to this poor kid. We're still working hard, still trying. So the state finally gets involved and does, you know, once they're embarrassed, obviously on live TV, (laughs) then they're like, well, we should probably look into this. So Ohio decides to do an investigation. The governor decides to do an investigation. There's a, like, I don't know, 800 page document or some shit that essentially said the school was a scam, but there's nothing we could do about it. Mm. Technically, it's right. a religious school, so Ohio had no authority to regulate it. Sigh. Mm. Yeah. Nothing illegal. Uh, just a giant scolding. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no law saying you can't run a fake school. Probably because... They don't think anyone's going to. It sounds like the dumbest fucking idea ever. And then here we are. Yeah, I think Ben specifically calls out the audacity to be in that gray area and capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like it's not like nobody got hurt here. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty difficult. So Bishop Sycamore is not the only school with a focus on football over education. We talked about BM, B, BMG. IMG. Uh, IBM. IBM, whatever. Yes. IBM, those those guys too. <laughs> so, I think that there have been a many that this has been called out before. Like, there's all kinds of movies about this. Um, that when we emphasize sports over education, we're out of balance, right? There's going to be some consequences there. There's also some discussion about making money on kids. There's going to continue to be issues because we don't take the time to limit any of that. There really aren't a lot of rules. If you're a person who is able to get a hold of good players and get them to the school that is of interest, then you can earn a lot of money. And so this kind of, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for, Aaron? Exploitation. There you go. (laughs) We'll continue until that is fixed because... IMG mm-hmm. made $79 million in 2021. Right. They, in the spring of 2023, it says a private equity firm agreed to purchase IMG Academy for $1.25 billion with a B. Mm-hmm. Billion dollars. That's how much this, this school is worth. And yeah, the minute you the minute you allow schools to earn as much money as they possibly can off of this, it's incentivizing mm-hmm. them to do so. Right. And this is in the form of endorsements and all kinds of shit that we don't necessarily line up with high school. Like that's to me, like endorsements and stuff are like Olympic athletes or professional athletes or possibly college, college even, athletes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In some cases, I guess high school was an untapped market, so why not? But they're, again, getting TV exposure. Maybe there's alumni that contribute. I mean, there's all kinds of different revenue streams that could be impacting this. But it is for profit. It's so strange to think about it that way. 
So Especially because the kids in college or high school cannot make any of the money. They cannot keep any of the money. Right. Even after you get out, your image and the rights to that are in question. So mm-hmm. sounds great. One of the things I think was interesting, and um, I'm taking it with a grain of salt, but after the IMG game, every other school that was scheduled to play Bishop Sycamore, Bishop Sycamore. canceled. Mm-hmm. Yes. And understandably so. Right. However, Roy, who has no plans on stopping, says that more than 15 schools wanted to play Bishop Sycamore the next year. Did they, though? Did they? I mean, is he being the honest liar at this point or just a liar liar? Just a liar liar. He, it's so interesting to watch this because although this this school failed, it's not to say there won't be more schools or even keep that Bishop Sycamore name. I don't know. But he feels like the fact that he is on this documentary telling his story means that he is winning and his trajectory is just going to go up from there. And he's just ready for all of the good things that are going to come his way from this. Because it's all for the kids, Aaron. It's all for the kids. Mm. Yeah. It it blew my mind to get to the end of this and see him being like, I'm totally going to keep going. There's nothing to stop me and I'm the best and all these good things are going to come. And I'm like, is that... Is that how you think you came out of it? Like, from people watching this, do you think that that's how we feel? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if I give a shit to continue following this. I don't know. It's just, it's so disgusting. I don't want to give it any more of my time and energy. But yeah, to think that this has been worthwhile for him. I mean, maybe for him it is. But like, he has just caused a bit devastation he ruins everything he touches and he refuses to take any responsibility for any of that. Now, like he'll throw you a nugget. Like I'm lazy. I'm arrogant. Uh, maybe I'm a liar sometimes if they can catch me in it, but yeah, he doesn't care about who he victimizes Mm-mm. means to an end. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's go over. They had a bunch of blurbs at the end. Yep. It says, Roy Johnson's domestic abuse case ended with a plea deal admitting to the charge of menacing. The fuck is that? Anyway, he currently owes more than $300,000 in fines from cases associated with Bishop Sycamore and Christians of faith. One of my favorite things we did not bring up was the fact that with all the eviction charges against the students, he had a lawyer for Bishop Sycamore that would go to court for these. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that lawyer had to sue Bishop Sycamore because they didn't pay. And I'm like, of course. Did he not see that coming? I mean, that's not a good lawyer. (laughs) Right. I bet he learned his lesson there. Mm. In December 2022, Roy was arrested for stealing from an Ohio Best Buy under the fake name Tristan Herstel. And hours after his release, he tweeted, we're coming back next year, a bigger schedule, more players, more TV exposure. We will never quit. We will never listen to anything you fools have to say. (sighs) Yeah. So some of the players we talked about and how they're doing. I don't know that we mentioned Mario, but he is an honorable student at the University of Louisville, where he joined the football team as a walk-on running back. Michi is also at the University of Louisville and still chasing his dream of playing in the NFL. Isaiah works at a meat market in the Bronx, still searching for his next football opportunity. Zaishan quit football and is considering becoming a firefighter. You go, sir. Quincy gave up football and is focusing on college and starting his own business. Good for you. Makosi 
is in Florida working for Pepsi while waiting for his next football opportunity. Do those just pop up or I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I don't know. Pahokee volunteers at youth games while continuing to pursue his football dreams. Trillian is still training every day and hoping to attend an HBCU in 2023. I had to look that up. Uh, historically black college. I yeah. assume that's what it meant. Sorry. JD. This is my favorite guys. JD is rapping full time, <laughs> recently releasing an album called life after Bishop Sycamore. And at the end where they're showing the credits, they actually used one of his tracks. Mm-hmm. I love that. Don't think I'm not searching that out and getting that shit. I'm buying that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Yeah. I mean, um, art comes from, you know, some tough places sometimes. So sometimes. it's probably amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. So it's good to see that they are moving on. Hopefully, hopefully one way or the other, even if you're just working at a gas station, that's, that's a job that's working. That's a great job. So you do yeah. whatever you can to survive and, uh, and grow football mostly ends at high school. So it's fine. Yeah. I mean, we talk all the time on it's okay to evolve. Like if your first dreams don't come true, um, it's okay to find something else that you can be successful at. So, I mean, it may work out for some of these kids, but also I think it's okay to do, you know, to let it go. It seems mm-hmm. like maybe it's hurt you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I hope they're all doing well because they were sweet kids. I'm sure they made mistakes, but Jesus Christ, as a teenager, I was the worst. So I'm sure they're much better than that. And they were just babies just trying to do something with their lives. And they got taken advantage of, and it's just heartbreaking. Right. I mean, obviously they're going to have some perseverance, right? And mm-hmm. they were hard, hardworking because they were doing a tough physical sport. Mm-hmm. So on very little food. So <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you have an honorary Aaron for this episode? I chose Trillian's mom, Christy, because she was one of two women and both of them were amazing. She was just featured more and she was there and trying to help them as best she could. And I'm sure that was in the most minimal capacity because what are you going to do as someone who is not a fucking trainer? You know what I mean? But she supported her kids. She still supports them going strong. And uh, that's what we do as moms, as errands. Yeah, I actually picked her as well because, again, the pickings were slim on ladies. And had there been more ladies, this maybe would have gone down slightly differently. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I think by the time she gets involved here and really sees what's going on, like some of these games are scheduled. I'm sure her kid really wanted to try to be on TV. So it's not like she can like yank him out and kind of trying to walk that fine line between supporting her kid and like doing what's best for him. I think that's tough as a, as a parent. So I agree with you, like doing her best with very little resources. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. She's a tough lady. Mm -hmm. Well, now that we've talked the same amount of length of time as the documentary (laughs) itself, what what are we going to do next week? (laughs) All right. Let's take a deep breath for this. Desperately seeking soulmate, escaping the Twin Flames universe. Mm-hmm. This is available on Prime, a 2023 release. It is three episodes. It's a little bit different for us, but coming in at around two hours and 15 minutes. This is an 
Aaron McCourt recommendation. Which was a Megan Harper recommendation because <laughs> it's cult. It's a new cult. It's a current cult. They're still active. So, oh, you know my love for cults, guys. And this one, uh, it's, it's, um, they're really grabbing people who are desperate for love. And I think most of us deep down are desperate for love to a certain extent. And so sure. feeding on that desperation and uh, it's horrible. The documentary is really good though. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I always like what you recommend, especially when you're fired up about it, then I get excited. So I know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was a good one Um, to, I like the ones I got fired up about and I was definitely that way for this. So coming out of spooky season, which is always a little bit of a, a little bit of a letdown. We, we chose a good one to, uh, to move on. Yeah. This one was definitely a good documentary to watch, but the story was frustrating as fuck. And I really mm-hmm. want Sky to go fuck himself, really, is what it comes down to. Right. This l- definitely leaves you with a sense of when is he going to get his comeuppance? Yeah. And although I'm not really that concerned about high school football, I might keep up with this just to see that happen because <laughs> I like to see karma happen in real time. Agreed. Okay, guys, come find us on the socials. Come find us on our website, which we haven't done much with, with the, in a while. I apologize. Maybe we should update it. And... <laughs> Come talk to us and we'll talk back. I promise. Sounds great. All right. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Later. Bye.